Hey, St. John. Welcome to the Post-Sermon Podcast. I am Deaconess Dahlia, and with me today is Pastor Adam. Hey, Deaconess. How are you doing today? Doing just fine. How are you? Doing wonderful. So today we'll be discussing your sermon from this past Sunday. So tell me a little bit about the text that your sermon was based on. Yeah, this is the latter part of Luke chapter 16, and you have the rich man and Lazarus, and uh, Jesus tells about these two individuals, their uh, life before death, and then after death, we get some insight of what happens to them, and then Abraham also appears in the scene. So, fun fact, we actually had three here submitted questions just on this text, and then I had a couple of my own. So, do you mind if I kind of, before we get into what you said in your sermon, talk a little bit about the text? I think that's fair. There's so much going on. Sure. So, first of all, this is actually my question. Um is this actually, is this a parable or is this not a parable? That's a great question. And I tried to leave that a little ambiguous. I tried to say, you know, the supposed parable. I think the most common reading is it is a parable, which I think helps people make sense of it because this there's some really tough details in here. And if you can call it a parable, then you can say, ah, it's a parable. I don't have to hold all of it. But especially because Jesus uses the name Lazarus, he actually gives a name to a dude and uh, gives some descriptors here. Um, maybe it is uh, an actual account. And uh, I don't know, some people want to go back and forth. And I think it's partly, you know, why do you want to hold to a parable or not? And maybe it's just because of how tough it is to interpret. So I am unsure, uh, but I think most commonly people say parable. It is interesting because we have parables right before this story, right? But at the same time, you're right, we do get the name Lazarus, which is not a common thing for a parable to have like a name given, right? Yeah. So it kind of seems like it's maybe more of a realistic situation. But then going off what you said too in verse 23, uh, when the rich man lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and laser, or sorry, and Lazarus at his side, how do we make sense of that, right? Yeah, and so some of the details are really tough. And so, oh, parable, then it makes it easier to deal with the tough details, maybe. Uh, I think it's also what's challenging with Luke is Jesus has the most parables in Luke. You get a lot of one-liners. You get a lot of just your, your classic parables that you hear in all the synoptic gospels. But there's just a lot, and you're moving in and out of them. Matthew, for instance, is a bit more formulaic. You get the, the reign of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like. And that it's a nice clue that, okay, we're in parable town now. Right. That's true. I have a here's some question going off of that verse that I just read, verse 23. So when we are in heaven, will we be able to see people in hell or vice versa? Uh, that's a great question. And I can see why the reading would evoke that. Well, it's a parable. So I don't know. How about that? Does that work? No. Try uh, again. I don't, oh, man. <laughs> One of the tough things to keep in mind with Scripture is that after we die, Scripture says precious little about that intermediate time. Scripture says a lot about the resurrection and the new creation. And so what are things that we can say about when we die? Uh, when we have a brother or sister who dies in the faith, uh, their body we put in the ground, their soul goes and rests with Christ. And it is better. And it is conscious. Uh, when we sing in our hymns, or you know, go to Abraham's side. Yeah, Abraham's side terrible. or Abraham's bosom. You know, when the hymns sing of this, that's what it's referring to. It's referring to the Luke sixteen stuff, and um, 
in terms of uh, other interactions or distance or how far off, you know, I, I don't know. And some of this is we'll find out when we, when we, you know, if we do die before Christ returns, what that will be like. And yeah, we, we see what Luke 16 says. And uh, I, I just don't know how definite I want to be or not be, honestly. Yeah, it's definitely a hard question to answer. And like you said, we know precious little about the intermediate state to begin with. So it's one of those things we can ask questions and it, you know, we can speculate, try to see what other parts of scripture say, but I guess at the end of the day, we can't really say for sure, right? With some of those things. Yeah. I think it's just, you know, we can only be definite when scripture lets us be definite. Exactly. And that goes into the whole, is this a parable? Is it not? And either way, it's still really tough. And I can get why the question comes up. Okay, now the next question I have, it has to do with with names. And this also ties in your sermon. You bring up our own names and how we are nothing without Christ. So um, we can tie in maybe a little bit of the central teaching as well. But um, in the reading, we do not get the name of the rich man, but we get the name of Lazarus. So this question is, when people in the Bible have names or when they're not named, does this carry significance? So, for example, we have Noah and his son's names, but we don't have the wives' names. Or, for example, we have the name of Rahab. Um, Or we don't have the name of the woman at the well. Like, is there a lot of... Because in here and in your sermon it seems like you put a lot of significance on the fact that Lazarus was given a name. So can we carry that theme throughout all of scripture? That's a great question. So uh, let's see. When we read the scriptures, we are to read the scriptures how scripture is expecting us to read it or treat the scriptures the way the scriptures want us to treat them. And so when we are in Luke versus in the book of Numbers versus in you know the book of Genesis, there are different things going on. And so you have to be mindful of, of how Scripture wants us to. When we're in the Psalms, we're reading poetry, and you have all the, the freedom and license that come with poetry. Uh, the prophets, uh, or when you get to Daniel and you get to some of the apocalyptic literature, that's a good reminder. Another thing to keep in mind is uh, details matter. You think of how the Scriptures are written down on papyrus and on scrolls, and you, know, you didn't have your Microsoft Word that you could have a million pages of text. Uh, you had to be choosy with your details. Or you think of just the oral tradition of telling these stories and what details to remember. And so when you do get details, they matter. I think back to the book of Judges. Ehud, the judge, is left-handed, which will matter later on in the story. And so sometimes details matter, sometimes they don't. So then going back to the names, does that matter when they're named or not named? Yeah. Uh, I think here in Luke 16, it does matter, especially because you have this contrast of one man who is seemingly well-regarded and well-known and wealthy and lived it up and lived sumptuously, he is, his name's never mentioned. In contrast to this forgotten man and destitute and poor and the dogs lick his sores, he's the one who's named, and he's with Abraham. Right? And you can see that immediate contrast there within the reading. Now, like in Noah and his wives, or sorry, Noah and his sons and their wives, um, it doesn't seem to be the book is reading that way. All of them are saved on the ark. I, I was thinking of another example of like 
you know, sometimes you just remember the names of important people. And I was thinking of in the book of Numbers, you have the spies that go into Canaan. I forgot to check before this if, if the 10 other spies are mentioned, but we don't remember them. We remember Joshua and Caleb who said, yeah, the Lord's going to be with us. We're going to conquer the land. You don't remember the cowardice of the 10. Even in our history, you know, think about just as Americans, you know, we remember the name of Abraham Lincoln. How many presidents can you name after him? You know, we get Johnson as his, you know, his vice president takes over. But, you know, and then just, it just kind of devolves from there. You know, there are, you remember people for different reasons. And so I would just say, let scripture be scripture. And that name thing is not a rule to apply to all of scripture because scripture isn't meant to be read that way. But yeah, do names and details matter at certain points? Yeah. And that's just part of the task of reading the scriptures and biblical interpretation. Sure. No, I, I definitely agree with what you're saying. There are some instances. So I brought up the example of the woman at the well. She, I would say that's a pretty important story. Um, but the detail that she was from Samaria obviously was very important to the story and that that was mentioned. So yes, maybe at times, like you said, don't read too far into it. But other times, for sure, like like the rich man and Lazarus, it, it does matter and it makes a difference in the story that we have Lazarus's name and not the rich man's. Right, right. Yeah, the, the Samaritan woman being a Samaritan. That's that's the big thing going on here. Yep. Right. Exactly. All right, Deaconess, let's do another question. Okay. Well, since we are on the topic of names, I do have other questions, but let's let's start getting into your sermon then. What is your central teaching? Oh, the central teaching of the sermon? Jesus gives us our names in baptism. I thought you were just gonna stop at Jesus. Just Jesus. So he gives us our names in our baptism. Just thinking about like names in the Bible of people who get renamed. And so you had mentioned in your sermon how like apart from Christ, we are nothing, that our names don't matter. But then like you said, in our baptism, you ask the question, how are you to be named? Yeah, how are you named? Or how are you named? Sorry. And then now our name does matter because it's tied to Christ. Like we're studying Genesis right now in my Bible study, and Eve doesn't receive her name until after God says the consequences of of their sin to the serpent, to the man and the woman. And Genesis 3.15, uh, Adam and Eve hear that one of her descendants will... Um, be the promised savior and so she's now called eve the mother of all living so you can say there's significance in, in that name right yeah i think so and uh names do matter in scripture names have meaning i mean jesus's name is the lord saves you know that's what it means and then in contrast when jesus does name someone in this reading parable i don't know lazarus is the name he picks turns out it's the third most common name at that time for a boy. What does Lazarus mean? Uh, Lazarus, it comes, it's from the Hebrew, uh, Eliezer, which means the one God helps. Oh, that's cool. Right. And like I said, it's the third most common male name in Jesus' day. And it's, you know, kind of fitting for a stereotypical poor person. And you almost like like a John Doe, if you will. It's more just kind of the name Jesus picks isn't the special, unique name. It's it's common. It's ordinary. It's forgettable. And yet Lazarus is the one who's remembered in the life to come. Why was Lazarus's name remembered? Because he repented. 
And this might be getting ahead of our question here about, there's a question coming up on the list of uh, earthly blessings and riches and poor and, you know, kind of the reversal that happens. But it's, um, it's not those who are rich will become poor in the age to come and those who are poor become rich in the age to come. It comes back to repentance. How do we know he repented? Because he's with Abraham. Yeah, he's not uh, in torment. Yeah, he's, he's on the right side of the chasm. And the reason why we know it comes down to repentance is because you get that discussion at the end. Um, you know, they won't believe if someone's risen from the dead, they won't repent, right? This is, that's the issue. It's not about the wealth or the poorness. Jesus is just highlighting the, the gospel undermines all expectation. And like you said, this does go with one of our questions. So, and that, that question was, is Lazarus saved because of his suffering? And, and you're saying, no, it's because he repented. He listened to Moses and the prophets. Right, right. I'm just pulling up the verse here. Yeah, but Abraham said, verse 29, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to them, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. But that, that word of they will repent, that's, that's why the man, the rich man is where he is and why Lazarus is where he is. It's, it's a matter of repentance and the forgiveness of sins. What is the problem that the sermon sought to identify? Uh, the problem the sermon sought to identify is how we try to make a name for ourselves, how it comes down to the fact that it is Jesus who names us. It is Jesus who remembers us. We love to be promoted. We love to be remembered. We love to have titles. We think of the name on the back of our jersey. Um, what's my username? What's my handle in, on social media? All this. We are nothing apart from Christ, right? It's it is God who gives us our names. It is God who remember us. Um, you know, our names are written down in the book of life on account of Christ, not on account of anything we try to add to our namesake. How did you intend to benefit your hearers and their faith through life? My intent was to encourage my hearers not to give in to that vain name seeking that the world loves to promote and rather to find comfort and rest in the identity and name that Jesus gives us. It can be such a rat race. It can be such a, a, a challenge to exert ourselves and promote ourselves and hold ourselves up and seek to be remembered. And how will history hear me? And, and on and on we go. Christ knows you. Christ names you. And that is everything you need. And uh, just to encourage my hearers, don't give into the vain name seeking. You're baptized. You have everything you need for your God has sought you and found you. I love that, that our, I mean, that goes down, not, you know, to our, like you said, to our identity and then to our value, our worth. We try all the time to seek that for ourselves and however that may look, but all of that's in vain, right? I mean, outside of Jesus we're not any better than the rich man, but in Jesus we have everything. In Christ we have everything. It's not anything to do with our name, but everything to do with his name. And going back to what you said in our baptisms, his name is then put on us. Yeah, we bear the name Christ. And now yeah. we have our permanent 
identity. And so you might have noticed, Deaconess, that the sermon was briefer than usual. I did notice. And there was some intentionality with that. And I think that goes to the fact of why we had so many questions in today's podcast. Did we, did we miss any uh, questions? Nope. No? There are a lot of details happening in this reading. There's a lot of confusion around this reading. I'm still not entirely sure how to land on some of these facets, you know, down to is it a parable or not. It can be really easy to get distracted with all that and to lose sight of the Christ who saves us. And so that was kind of the idea was to really distill the sermon down to that very clear point. Christ names us. Don't get into the vain name-seeking thing. You know where it leads. You saw where it led for the man who has an adjective to describe his self. Um, It is God's people who have their names and keep their names for all of eternity because they're tied to the name of Christ. And so that's kind of why I did the sermon the way I did, was to really help us laser in and focus on it. I would be glad still to talk over details if you want to get into stuff or if other folks have questions. And uh, this is not the last time we're reading this. I think it's going to come up again in the lectionary uh, next year. So uh, we'll be back with this reading, and maybe we'll make uh, that vicar. Maybe it'll still be Vicar Allen. I forget how it works in the calendar, but we'll we'll make the vicar preach it next time. How's that sound? That sounds great. Yeah. Can't wait to hear it. Yeah. That's interesting what you said. It is so easy to get into the details, which nothing's wrong with looking at the details, of course. Um, It's a good thing to be curious and, and search the scriptures and try to figure out what all the details are saying. But, but we want to make sure to ask the questions like, where is Christ in this reading and or parable, whatever we're calling it, and what, what is its purpose? What is it trying to tell me about Jesus? I think it also just reminds us, what is the purpose of the sermon? It is this moment of proclamation. It is the word of God happening in this present moment, Christ for you. That is a very different thing than a Bible study. And both are important. Both have their place and their benefit in the life of a Christian. But in the sermon, the word of God is being done to us. Christ crucified and risen for us. This podcast is not the same as the sermon. You know, it kind of has more of that reflective Bible study sort of feel. Um, and there's, there's an edifying nature to it. And knowing that this reading can be so distracting with its details... I really want to make sure that that proclamation work came through. And to do that, I thought, well, let's just make it, let's make it right to the point. Have you ever preached on this text previously? I don't think so, but I taught a Bible study on it. What was the challenge for you with the sermon process? I think the challenge for me was, was to just be okay with the fact of we're really going to laser in. You know, there are all these other interesting points and asides and, and connections that could be made but I wanted to make sure that the, the proclamation happened and to, and to be okay with, you know, less is more in, in, this, in this week in case. Okay, I actually just thought of a question about oh, the man. story uh, that maybe these are details again. Um, so this is Abraham and Lazarus talk. Or no, 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 I'm sorry. Abraham and the rich man talking. Uh, why do you think he's talking to Abraham and not like, why is God not talking to him? I don't know. Like, why do you think this is Abraham that's having a conversation? That's a good question. 
Um, I think it's a, it's a fair one to consider as well. Uh, what is it? You know, Abraham is the father of, right? The father of many. Uh, Jesus is talking to the Jews, right? The descendants of Abraham. And Abraham is on whose team? Jesus is. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Abraham had faith in Christ. And Jesus is talking to the, the leaders of the Jews. You know, he's talking to the wealthy, the well-known, the their names are remembered and known. And yet, are you known by Christ? Abraham was absolutely a no one in history. God plucked him from obscurity and said, through you, all the nations of the world will be blessed. And Abraham is with Christ. And Jesus is calling Abraham's descendants to have the faith that Abraham had. I mean, it's part of the, the scandal of the gospel here. Okay, so, yeah, no, I like that. So there's this very purposeful connection between Abraham. He brings up Moses. He brings up prophet, the prophets. So, yeah, or sorry, I'm not saying this well. There's, there's a connection here uh, between the Jews and now Christ. Like, he's trying to show them. It's, it's all rooted in him. They're all... Yeah, that's all rude in him. Yeah, Thank and you. that's why in, in Luke 24, after the resurrection, Jesus says, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer. Written where? In Moses, in the prophets, in the Psalms. He mentions all three. That This is just shorthand for the Old Testament. All the Old Testament's about me, um, that the Christ should suffer and rise from the dead, and that repentance and the forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. Uh, this is This is the gospel, and this is... Jesus is the Savior that Abraham put his faith in. And sadly, Jesus is talking to descendants of Abraham who have not. Um, that's, that's part of what's going on here in the reading. So uh, this is more of a lighthearted question to kind of end our time together. But you called out like, what, three people? Was it three or was it four? I did four. You did four. four okay, service, sorry. Yeah. You called out four people through uh, in your sermon at each service and I have to know, did you like know in advance you were going to say, like, how did you remember? Because you brought up their names again. I just tried to look for like people who looked really sleepy during the service. Whatever. No, that's no. not it. No, that's not it. No. Uh, so knowing I was going to name people and especially tell them that their names are nothing. I What I wanted to do was make sure I said those names again. And so honestly, just looking for my seat, I looked out the congregation in each of the four sections and I kind of picked a, a face, a person. Beforehand. Beforehand, just during the service. So that I knew when I looked out at those sections, I would see that person because I didn't just want to say their name and call them nothing and not mention, you know, their name in light of their baptism later on. And so that's why, that's how I did that. Did you get a reaction from any of them? Um, I, I, afterwards I kind of, you know, talked to a few and, and, you know, thanked them. (laughs) I feel like if you would have said my name, I would have like gotten startled and like, yeah, yeah, I know. So, um, so it was an idea, but I want to make sure I remembered them so I could, you know, speak their name in light of their baptism, in light of that Christ remembers that name because that's what it comes down to. This wraps up the episode for today. Thank you for listening to today's discussion. In case you missed the sermon or you'd like to listen to it again, the link to the sermon's in the show notes. You can also find the sermon on our church website, stjohndublin.org. And please submit a question next time, you guys. If you'd like to submit one, you can email us at podcast at stjohndublin.org. You can also write on the attendance cards after service. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's that's been there, but I don't think I've ever mentioned it on the podcast before. Yeah, probably not. So yeah, that's, especially next week, uh, Vicar's up. So yeah, ask all the questions you want. Ask all the questions, you guys. So thank you, Pastor, again for joining me and for feeding us the word this week. Thanks, Deaconess, and thanks everyone for submitting your questions. Uh, you all have a good one. Bye. <laughs>